There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach, and today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 206 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful you're here this week, and I know you have tons of podcast listening options, and I am just so floored and humbled and all the things that you're here. I appreciate your time and energy more than you could ever know. So thank you. Thank you. I wanted to give you a little bit of an update. So we have been in Philadelphia for about a month now at the time that I'm recording this. It'll be a little bit more by the time you're listening to this. For those of you who don't know, I recently moved from California back to Philadelphia. I say back to Philadelphia. I actually haven't lived here before. My husband's from here, but I used to live in DC and I'm from the East Coast. So it feels a little bit like a homecoming. And it's been really wonderful in so many ways. And it's also been really hard in so many ways. And The ways that it's been wonderful and hard aren't really surprises to me. I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. Part of the reason that I loved living in Colorado and California to some extent, even though I didn't love California, really loved Colorado. But one reason why I really loved living out there was just the natural beauty. There was just so much natural beauty. If you've never been to Mill Valley, it's such a cute, beautiful little town, like Mount Tam just towers right over the city. And you can see it pretty much everywhere. And there's redwoods and it's just really, really beautiful. And then of course, Colorado, the Rockies are one of my favorite places on earth. And I just think it's stunning. And it's gorgeous. And I just love everything about it. And there's something for me about being in nature that really just I know this sounds kind of airy fairy, but it really just like lights me up. It really just helps to nourish myself, to nourish my energy, my soul, all of the things. And I knew that moving back to the East Coast would be quite an adjustment in that area because 
I mean, I think actually the East Coast is really beautiful. I think there are beautiful places. I think the Poconos are beautiful. I went to summer camp one year in the area. I think the Shenandoah is just gorgeous. Where I'm from in Asheville is just gorgeous. But we weren't living in all those places, right? We were living in Philadelphia. And I actually think Philadelphia is a fantastic city to live in. It's affordable. There's amazing cuisine and restaurants. And it's actually really charming and cute here when you're not like in the place that's like where all the high rises are, which is just not really for me. So I really like it. However, it definitely has been an adjustment in terms of being able to be as connected to nature as much as I would like to be. And you all know that I track the moon. I've talked about it a lot. There's some episodes about it. If you're kind of curious, if you're like track the moon, what for? We'll put the links in the show notes. But I can't remember the last time I saw the moon while living here. Because there's just so many lights and I live right where the sky rises are and sometimes can't see the sky very much. You don't even really see the sun that much because the buildings block it. And so that part has been really hard for me. And even though I knew that that part was going to be an adjustment and I knew that it was going to be hard, doesn't take away, you know, the fact that it is hard and maybe I need to just let myself feel my feelings. You know, I hear a lot of times people say, oh, well, you know, she knew it was she was getting herself into or he knew what he was getting himself into or whatever. And for some reason, that kind of mindset seems to invalidate any hard or negative feelings we might have about a situation or a relationship or whatever it is. And I just think that's totally bullshit. Like, I really wanted to move back here because even though I loved Colorado and I loved California and I loved living out there, ultimately, I felt really homesick. I felt like I was missing out not being able to go see my grandma more often or being able to be really a part of my nieces and nephew and them growing up. I was just seeing these people once, maybe twice a year if I was lucky. And while those times were wonderful... They're very much just visits and okay, see you next time, see you in six months. And I didn't want to have that kind of life. I really wanted to be closer to, you know, people that were really important to me in my life. And so the homesickness, I definitely could say is mostly gone because, you know, we're here and I can see my family and I've seen most of my family since being here. And now we're going to see them all the time, which is wonderful. However, it's still been quite an adjustment energetically, emotionally, spiritually, being in such an urban place and away from you know, such natural beauty. And especially I think the Northeast winters are very different than like Colorado winters where you can go to the mountains and there's like winter wonderlands and like it's really beautiful and people actually love the winter there because everyone does snow dances for skiing and snowboarding and all that stuff. And here it's very different. It's just cold. There's not very much snow. There's nothing really to do when it's cold outside here. So it kind of just sucks. Right. So I think it'll feel a little bit better in terms of me being able to connect with nature and maybe see the moon one of these days and the stars once the weather warms up. And I share this for you because I just want you to know that whatever you're feeling, it's totally normal and it's okay. Like, even if you feel like you shouldn't be feeling like this or you knew what you're getting yourself into or whatever it is, if you're going through any kind of adjustment period or change, even if it was something towards what you ultimately wanted, that doesn't mean it's just supposed to be easy and free flowing and like, woo, all is well, it can still be complicated, you can still feel mixed emotions. And it's okay. All right, so let's dive into today's episode, there is no good way to transition. So we're just going to go right into it. I'm really excited about this topic. It actually hasn't come up on the show. I don't believe I mean, maybe it has in passing, but we definitely have had an episode about it. So I'm super excited and really grateful for Rachel for bringing this question to the show. And that is she's really wanting to know how to learn 
to be without a relationship. And here's the thing. I actually get this question or this sentiment a lot, especially in the social media verse. So last year, I did a summer love school speaker series. If you were with me last summer, you probably heard me talking about it. Maybe you signed up for it. And one of the speakers was this other dating coach. Her name is Francesca Hoagie. She's based in LA. And with all the speakers, for those that were available, I did a Instagram slash Facebook live just to share a little bit more about behind the scenes and about the person and, you know, that kind of fun stuff. Anyway, so Francesca and I were doing an Instagram live and someone came on to our live to listen to our conversation. And I'm going to butcher exactly what she said. I can't remember exactly what she said, but it's something along the lines of, you know, I just stopped dating a few years ago and I've never been happier. Like it's like, it's so much better just to like not worry about being in a relationship and just to stay single. And I totally get this sentiment, but a lot of times I think this sentiment actually comes from a place of fear rather than a place of deep knowing and peace that truly a relationship is not something that they desire. So while I do think that it's important to learn to be okay being single, right? Being able to find your worthiness and your sense of self from within rather than from the relationship that you're in or the relationship that you want to be in because that is problematic. That will create some codependency patterns and most likely lead to some toxic, unhealthy relationship patterns. However, that doesn't mean that, you know, if relationships have been hard for you or if it hasn't happened for you yet, That doesn't mean that you have to learn to be single in a way that's just requiring you or thinking that you have to give up on love. And that's ultimately Rachel's question. She wants to know how she can just, you know, let go of this dream that she has of being in a lifelong partnership. Obviously, I'm not going to let her give up on her dreams because it's something that she actually doesn't want as we discover in our call. And instead, I guide her to moving to a place where she can learn to you know, be with herself and also hold lightly in the palm of her hands this desire to be in a relationship. So if you can relate to this, you're going to love today's episode. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Veronica. My question is... How to live with being content with no man in your life, even though you've always dreamed of having a partner to share your life with? Well, okay. There's a couple different ways I want to look at this question. But first, I want to know, why do you feel like you have to be content not having a man in your life if it's what you want? Well, if it wasn't to happen, that I'll be happy as I am living the life I am presently doing without having a partner in my life. Mm-hmm. Are you looking for like how to be just content or how to kind of almost settle? Like, okay, fine. It's not going to happen. I can get over that. Yeah. yeah I guess settling. Yeah. yeah okay. Sure. Okay. So yeah, that's what sparked my first question because I don't think you have to settle in that regard. Like if it's something that you want, like I want to encourage you actually to hold that desire, not like tightly attached to it. Like, so not like a gripping feeling, but like lightly in the palm of your hands, right? Like I want this. And I think, you know, that can be a really healthy way to approach this question. So let me ask you this. What do you think, or what's the story that you keep telling yourself around, you know, why you're not going to attract a man or why you're not going to attract a partner? I'm in my early forties and I can count dates on one hand. And they generally just last for about two months, if that. And, yeah, I've never had a man ask me out. I usually do the asking because 
I've never been approached. And I guess a lot of men say that I'm very unattractive. So I also find that perhaps that people wouldn't see me as someone to approach because I look, you know, spectacular or gorgeous or anything like that. So I find that I have to do most of the work. Yeah. And yeah, men just don't tend to approach me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've really internalized the things that have been said to you about from other people. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Is that the kind of life you want to live? Just believing what other people tell you and just settling on this thing that you really want in your life? No, I want to get to a point where I block out the noise of that sort of internal dialogue from what I've been hearing most of my life. So yeah, I just want to, I don't know, just to be me and find a man who likes me for me and This question isn't really about how can I just give up on wanting to have a relationship, but it's more about how can I look into the things that are creating these patterns, creating these belief patterns, um, creating these kind of people who come into my life and tell me these mean things, right? That's more of the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So these people that you're attracting into your life and the way they make you feel, what does that remind you of? Do you mean like past... Yeah, or like, who do they remind Child. you of? I'm not sure. Well, can you feel into how you feel when men say cruel things to you or when they're not interested? Can you feel how that feels in your body right now? Yeah, it's soul-destroying. Yeah. And where do you feel it in your body? Uh, the chest and the stomach. Mm-hmm. And how intense would it be right now on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most intense? Now I'm thinking about it, 10. Okay. And when have you felt like that before? I guess the last time that I, I, I guess, every time I, I think about wanting a partner and those sorts of emotions are raised again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But like all of these emotions that you're having around, you know, these people saying these things to you and the partnerships that haven't panned out, that's all playing out deeper stuff. So let me just ask you straight out, what was your childhood like? What was your relationship like with mom and dad? Yeah, they were fine. I had no problems with my upbringing. I was quite happy. I would say it probably all extended from primary school. Mm-hmm. Well, in grade two, I was told I was stupid by my teacher. And then mm-hmm. I had to, they, she made me repeat a year. And then I, all my friends had left. And then I had no friends for the rest of the primary school years. So I guess that's quite hurtful and I find that it must be something to do with me. So I've personalised these things. And what were some of the other adults or how were some of the other adults helping you through that time in your life when your teacher called you stupid and made you repeat second grade? Like, did you get support from your parents or are there other adults in your life that were there to support you through that? No, not really, no, not at all. Okay. Mum just accepted Mm-hmm. whatever was said and yeah so I'm one of six so it was kind of <laughs> yeah very busy okay so it sounds like you didn't really get well this thing happened right like your teacher called you stupid and made you repeat second grade and your parents didn't go into either fight it or say hey why'd you call my daughter stupid and this is not like a a judgment on their parenting I mean you were one of six kids like you said they were busy they I'm sure they had a lot on their plate and they're just some level just going to pick their battles, right? That's right. Yeah. But it does absolutely. also mean that however old you're in second grade, what, seven or something like that, seven or eight, 
Um, yeah, it also doesn't mean that your seven or eight year old self didn't tell herself a story. That's it seems like it's lasted throughout your entire life that there's something yeah. wrong with you. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I always felt like yeah, that was me. The reason why my relationships didn't work was because it's me or mm-hmm. something I've done or or I'm not pretty enough or yeah. yeah, yeah. And so when you feel into how you f- feel about that thing that happened to you in second grade, does it feel very similar to how you feel in relationships and how men treat you? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do, I mean, we do lots of different things in relationships and exactly what we do kind of just depends on the circumstances and the person and, you know, whatnot. But it seems to me like you are repeating this behavior over and over again, because the only way you know how to kind of be within yourself is to be this person who has something wrong with them. Right. Yes. And that's just kind of like your MO, like, you know, you know what to do, you know, how to cope, you know, how to handle it, you know, how to be alone, you know, how to be lonely, you know, how to heal from whatever someone says something to you cruel. Like you just know how to, you know what to do. Yeah. And there's a comfort in that because it's familiar. Hey, real quick before we get to the rest of the episode, I wanted to make sure you knew my popular Date Yourself Challenge is coming up. This is the only time I'm running the challenge this year and I do not want you to miss it. Over 5,000 women have gone through the challenge and have learned how to reconnect with themselves, discover who they are, build confidence, understood their love blocks, and ultimately call in love. And I'm so excited for you to get started on that same journey. When you join the Date Yourself Challenge, you'll get five daily dates for you to have with yourself so you can attract the relationship you dream of into your life. Each challenge will be simple and take only a few minutes to complete. And if you do them, you won't be able to avoid but having more fun and ease in the finding love process. So if you want to work on yourself before you start dating again, or you're about to give up on finding love, or you're just feeling kind of crappy in your love life, you really cannot afford to miss out on this challenge because the best part is that it's free. So to join us, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge. We even have a private Facebook group just for challengers where I'll be able to get to know you and support you in your journey. Again, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge to sign up for free. All right, now back to the show. So let's do this. Go ahead and close your eyes for me. Yeah. And I want you to bring your second grade self into your mind's eye and let me know when you can see her. Yeah. Tell me what you see. Um, a frightened little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else do you see? She's very lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, she's trying her best, but it's just not good enough. Yeah. What's the story she's telling herself? She's worthless. Yeah, she's just she's worthless and um, she's no one didn't know I must be a friend or teacher has no time for her what would you want to say to her right now or what do you wish she'd been told at the time that I love her and everything will be okay and that you're not worthless and you're doing the best you can mm-hmm. yeah and it's not her fault she's not dumb she's not stupid you know my guess is you know I don't know exactly what happened in second grade but my guess the shortcoming in your class was not you. It was probably your teacher. Yeah. For not giving you the tools that you needed to succeed. 
And it just, this is the way it turned out and it sucks and you didn't deserve it. I'm really sorry. And right now we're working to change this story because it's just a, it's a false narrative and you weren't wrong or, or stupid to believe that narrative. Cause when you're seven years old, like, or eight years old, what else do you have to believe or to go off of what, you know, is your friends got to go to third grade and you didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so your second grade self, she was doing the best she absolutely could with the information and the tools that she had at the time. And what nobody told her was that she wasn't stupid and that this wasn't her fault and nobody fought for. And this is the kind of stuff that I, I need you to reparent yourself with, you know, a few times a week, like every day, I want you to connect with this little girl, whether it's writing her a letter or talking out loud, like we just did. One's not better than the other. It really just depends if you're more of like, you like to process through writing or process through talking out loud, but I don't want you to have to give up on love. You don't have to look. Does everyone need to have a relationship? No, no one needs to have a relationship right? But it's okay to want one and you deserve to have one if you want. And I will support you in learning to be not attached to an outcome, right? So like not tying up your self-worth or your identity, all that kind of stuff in a relationship, but I'm never going to support anybody to settle on just giving up on something they truly desire. I'm just not going to do that. I don't want you to do that either. No, I definitely don't want to give up on that. Yeah. So what's coming up for you? I guess to just keep going. Well, keep going. But, you know, what you've been doing so far has been attracting a certain kind of person, right? That's been feeding into this insecurity. Yeah. Right. Because, like, do you really believe that only beautiful people are in relationships and have love? Like, do you really think that's true? No, 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 definitely not. Right. So like, if a lot of men have told you that you're not attractive, like who the fuck cares? Fuck them. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need to get their approval. Like who cares? Yeah. You know? And like, whatever. I know it's kind of cliche to say, but I do think that there's a lot of truth to it where, you know, people can become attractive and unattractive, you know, based on, you know, personality, right? Like, you can get to know someone, maybe they're not that attractive to you at first and you get to know someone and they're really kind and they have a really gentle heart and they just seem more and more physically attractive to you. And then maybe you meet someone and you're like, damn, that person's hot. And they end up to be an asshole and they just don't look that attractive anymore. You know? So yeah, like, that's so true. Yeah. And yeah. also it's totally subjective as to like what's hot and what's not, or I mean, who cares? You know, I would write those guys like a big fuck you letter. And just send it off. <laughs> just get all of that. Actually, this is another assignment that I want you to do. I want you to write down all of the things that you've been told that you've internalized. So you're not attractive. You're stupid. Those are two things you told me in this call. I don't know other things that might have been said to you that you've then begun to believe. But I want you to write it all down on a sheet of paper and really dig deep. Like, what are some of the limiting beliefs that you believe that really aren't yours? Right? Because nobody was born thinking I'm stupid or nobody was born thinking, man, I'm not attractive enough. You know what I mean? Or I'm not good enough for love. Like nobody's born like that. That's learned from 
things people have told you or from various circumstances where you might have told yourself a story about something. So I want you to pull out as many limiting beliefs as you can. I'm going to give you a goal of 25. You already have two. So you have 23 more to go. And yeah. write it all down on a piece of paper and then just rip that shit up because they're not your beliefs. Give them back to whoever they belong to. I mean, not like physically, but like in a spiritual metaphorical way, like just give it back to them because they're telling you that based on their own insecurities, their own stuff. And we don't have to go into what that was because like, it's not their session. It doesn't matter. We don't have to analyze them or their behavior. You know, we're focused on you. Yeah. I definitely just want to let all that yeah. crap okay. go. <laughs> and I know I'm being a little bit pep talky right now. It's not always the kind of style that I have here on the podcast and sometimes maybe, but I'm giving you a pep talk. Cause like, I got to like, it's almost like getting you back into reality. Like, Hey, like you have been believing this stuff as if it was absolute truth. And it wasn't, Yeah, you know, like in life, there's two things that happen to us. There's the actual things that happen to us. Like we know your teacher said you were stupid and made you repeat second grade. That happened. There's no debating that, right? Like it happened. But then there's a story that you told yourself. And so the story you told yourself was, oh, I really am stupid. Something's wrong with me. Nobody likes me, right? And then that's something that you've carried on with the rest of your life. And you're acting as if that was absolute truth. If it was just as, you're acting as if that is just as true as your teacher calling you stupid and holding you back. And that's what we have to separate. We can't change what happened. We can't pretend like it didn't happen. We can't pretend like there wasn't real pain that was caused, right? We have to address all of that and work through all that and heal all that. But to continue carrying the stories that you created from those events, that's what we have to look at because that's not absolute truth that you can change. And that's what's creating the behaviors and the patterns that you're exhibiting today. Do you see that? I do. I do see that that I've been carrying that for years. Yeah. So if you believe that you have to give up on love and you're not good enough and it's just not meant for you. What are some of the behaviors when you're on a date, when you're on the apps when you're just living your life, when you're treating yourself or taking care of yourself, what are some of the behaviors? What does that look like? I suppose if I'm on a date, needy, desperate for them to like me. Mm-hmm. And what is that? What kind of behavior does that create when you feel needy or when you feel desperate? Clinginess. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm not sure. Just probably like some pleasing tendencies, like please like me, trying to like be palatable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely a people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've looked at your, um, yeah, your categories and I've worked out that I'm definitely a people pleaser. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you have good company in this community for sure. That's the number one result on the quiz. Okay. Close your eyes for a second. Yeah. Imagine that you truly believe that love is meant for you and that the perfect person is out there for you and that you are worthy of it and deserving of it, how would you show up on a date from that space? Confident. And what what kind of behavior would that look like? Just myself and be happy and, and just, yeah, just being me, I guess. Yeah. Knowing that I don't have to please others for them to like me. Mm Mm-hmm. And which of these two scenarios do you think you're going to get the result that you'd like? The second one, the confidence uh, being me to find the right partner who likes me for me. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) This is helpful. 
It is. Thank you. Great. What are your action steps from today's to call? I'm going to go dig deep into the past and um, sort that out. Yeah. And sort of let it go once and for all. I need to just let that go. Well, before you let it go, you got to heal it. But yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been almost 30 years of carrying it. So yeah, I need to deal with that. Yeah. I love that. And then as much as possible, you know, if you go on a date or online dating or whatever, you know, have some affirmations or some mantras ready that you just repeat to yourself over and over again that help you get into that mindset space of someone's out there for me. I deserve love. I deserve love just as much as that person and that person and that person. You're no more or less deserving than anyone else in this earth. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Veronica. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Rachel, for coming onto the show. I so appreciate your question and your vulnerability. And I know a lot of women listening will be able to relate to your question. And by the way, if you're listening, and if you want to be coached by me on the podcast, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll down all the way to the bottom of that page. And there you'll find a link and that link will take you to a short Google form. And then you'll be forwarded to my calendar where you can schedule yourself. And I know it can feel a little nerve wracking to come onto the show and just know that most women who come onto the show, they feel a little nervous too. But as soon as we start recording, I would say most of them forget the recording and it just ends up being you and me working through something in your life. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast if you want to be coached by me totally for free. Okay, so Rachel comes onto the show today and she asked me, how she can learn to be okay being single. And I actually love this question because I do think that in order to find the kind of love that I know you want to find, it is important to be okay being single, right? It is important to be non-attached to the desired outcome because then when you're attached to something, then you can be very controlling. You can also get a little emotionally needy. You can also get to be a little codependent and it just creates some not so great dynamics in relationships. However, when I'm asked this question, I always want to pause and ask and say, where is this question coming from? Is it coming from that place of wanting to be non-attached to the outcome? Or is it coming from that place of giving up and letting go of this desire? And here's the thing, and I told this to Rachel, and I'll tell this to anyone who asks me this, I will never ever coach anybody towards something they ultimately don't desire. I think that's out of integrity and it's honestly out of integrity for you. If you want something, you can freaking have it, right? Now there might be some things getting in your way, but you can freaking have it, right? Like Rachel ultimately believes that she cannot have love. She can't be in a relationship because of what men have told her in her past. And I'm just not going to play into that, right? Because that's playing into this old dynamic that ultimately came from her second grade teacher. So with that, I want to break down this coaching call into three big points that I really want you to really, really understand so that you can apply to your own life. So the first thing is, and this is the question that does come up quite a bit, and that is inner child wounding doesn't necessarily come from your parents. However, I would argue that your parents do have a role in perpetuating the core wound. Not always, but I think a lot of times, and certainly in this case with Rachel, for sure. So to recap, Rachel's teacher told her she was dumb when she was in second grade and that she would have to repeat the grade. And that would separate her from her friends. And that created all sorts of social dynamics that obviously weren't beneficial for her. Plus, she just had this adult tell her that she was dumb and she deeply internalized it. 
And more than that, her parents weren't able to come in and advocate for her. This does not mean they were bad parents or that they were neglectful parents. It just means they're parents of six kids and they were doing the best they could at the time. And they just had a lot on their plate. So this is not a knock on them. It's not a judgment on them. This is just what happened. And so these are the stories and beliefs that Rachel created. Now, here's the other thing that I want to say. Notice that Rachel said her childhood was happy. And then she said that this thing happened and it affected the rest of her elementary school. Well, I think that's a lot of her childhood. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Inner child work and looking for core wounds goes well beyond divorce, abuse, death, and other acute trauma. Now, this was a short call with Rachel, but if I had more time, I would definitely want to dig more into her family. Being one of six and having something like this ignored, I'd be willing to bet that there were other things that were also ignored in her upbringing. Again, this is not a dig on her or any of the parents out there or her parents or anything like that. It was what it was, but my guess is that this contributed to her patterns today. She just internalized whatever comes to her. She takes it and just figures, yep, this is just the way it's got to be. And my guess that that was probably the dynamic of being one of six. Now, again, not saying Rachel didn't have a happy childhood overall, but no one is free of having a childhood where their love, safety, or sense of belonging wasn't shattered in some way. The second thing I want you to know is that the beliefs you tell yourself freaking matter. Look, I'm really into things like astrology. I believe in the energy. I believe in the universe. But the idea that your beliefs create your reality, that is not some hocus pocus, hippy dippy bullshit. That is real. Try doing what I did with Rachel. If you showed up on a date not feeling beautiful, not feeling sure of yourself, not feeling the other person's going to like you and thinking, oh, how are they going to like me? I don't know. What can I do? Like kind of that energy. How do you think you're going to show up? What are you going to say? How are you going to behave? What's your aura going to be, right? Now, on the other side of the coin, what if you showed up feeling beautiful and worthy and deserving of love and excited to potentially connect with the person sitting across the table from you? How would you show up? What would you do differently? What would you say differently? Obviously, you're going to have very, very different outcomes. Now, your pattern might be different from Rachel's, but when she's in her limiting belief space, she falls into pleasing patterns. So what are your patterns when you fall into limiting belief spaces? And how can we shift those beliefs so that you don't fall into limiting belief spaces so that then your patterns can change? Finally, I said this to Rachel, and I want to emphasize this again because I can't emphasize it enough. Yes, learn how to be non-attached in dating. It's going to be really hard for you if you're attached to a specific outcome or needing someone to like you to feel good about yourself. But do not settle. Do not settle for the wrong person, but also don't settle by just staying single. No one needs a relationship, but it's okay to want one. And everyone deserves love. And if that's what you want, you freaking deserve it too. You are no more or less deserving of love and being in a relationship than anyone else, including our beloved Meghan Markle. Am I right? Am I right? All right. That's the show today. Next week, I've got a new solo episode where I'm teaching you how to look for the telltale warning signs of an unhealthy relationship. And before you go, I'd be so grateful if you took a quick moment to rate or review the show. It just takes literally a second to tap some stars on your phone. And if you've got an extra 30, 60 seconds, please leave a review. It really helps me to grow the show. And I love reading your reviews because it really just helps me to know what you love about the show so that I can create more of that. So you just scroll down on your podcast player, look for the stars, tap those, and there'll be little purple letters that also say write a review. And that's for iTunes. If you're on Stitcher, I don't know exactly how to do it. I'm sure you can probably figure it out. However, if you need help with that, then let me know. I did actually create a video at some point 
showing people how to write reviews on Stitcher. So if you want that, then let me know. You can send me an email at veronicagrant.com forward slash contact, or you can send me a DM at on Instagram, Veronica E. Grant, and I will send you that video and help you do it. All right, my dears, I will see you next week. Thanks so much. Don't forget to join me for the Date Yourself Challenge 2020. The Date Yourself Challenge is a fun way to connect with yourself, build your confidence and love, and start clearing your love blocks. You'll connect with hundreds of other like-minded women, plus get support from me in our private Facebook group. To learn more and join for free, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.